Hey, how's it going, Milksters? I'm David Davis. And I'm your old buddy, Bula Mon. And we want to tell you how you can get in contact with the wonderful Milking It podcast. It's very, very simple. It's so simple, even Boo can do it. I does computers. Yes, you can email us. It's milkingitpodcast at gmail.com. Or I believe we also have a Facebook, Boo. Uh, I believe it's facebook.com forward slash milkingitpodcast. And if you want to be ignored in a cyberspace, then please follow us on Twitter. Yes, our Twitter is at Teat Tugger. That's at Teat Tugger. Because we're the podcast that tugs the teat of popular culture and explodes all of your face. Get it? Yeah, see, how, see how it works? <laughs> Clever, eh? Yes, those are the three main ways to get in contact with us. If you have any ideas for future shows, if you're really pissed off at me for any reason, I'm, I'm sorry. And but done. please send us an email and abuse away. Welcome to the Milking It podcast. It's the podcast that tugs the tea to popular culture till it explodes all over your face. I'm David Davis. And I am Boulamont. And here we are, episode 16. Could you imagine episode 16? Year 16 BC was a leap year according to the Julian calendar. Or according to the Julian and Sandy calendar, a boner year. Nice to Vardy and Dolly Aldeek again. Boner lallies on the Lomi Pallone. At 16, we can now drive. We can get a job, the irony. It's, it's a coming of age, if you will. Happy birthday, sweet 16. It's party time on the podcast, kids. The only downside, Milksters? Well, being 16 means Jerry Lawler is no longer interested in us. Sweet statutory! It's the Milking It Podcast. I've got the One more episode of the Milking It podcast. Uh, it's been a little bit, sorry, <laughs> a few things getting in the way, but we're here now and we're going to review, uh, give it a good little peek on the week of geek. Uh, so, Booley, we're starting off with geek news as always. What is on the list this week? Well, Dave, as you, as, as long-time listeners, uh, it's now established, I, I always like to start the week's geek news with the casting report of the week. Mm. And my God, what a list this week. Uh, mainly superhero movies, as, okay. as, as we do here on the Milk and Podcast. Um, first, a little rumour we'll start with. Now, me and Dave are both big fans of professional wrestling. And, of course, one of the biggest commodities in pro wrestling uh, that went into Hollywood and has made a huge success is, Rock, is the uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yep. And then... Um, He's been hinting at something rather big, if it's true. It may be completely wrong, but um, this week he's been hinting on Twitter and Instagram, was it, that um, the rumoured role uh, of the Green Lantern, um, John Stewart's Green Lantern, say, yeah, in John the Stewart. Justice League movie, uh, could be taken by The Rock. And it, in a way, it would make sense. Denzel Washington was up for the role. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um but, but yes, The Rock it has been saying John Stewart's harder than Superman. Yeah, I think but he's, he's tweeted a couple of times in the past as well about having meetings with DC or Warner Brothers. And, you know, he's he's very, well, very well, Dave, interested in playing that he character. was, but there was a rumour that he was going to be playing Black Bart, who is the enemy of Shazam. Yes, yeah. And Black Bart even kind of looks like The Rock. 
So I think that's what people presumed he was going in for. I presumed as well. Um, I don't know whether... Uh, well, for anyone listening to last week's show, we were talking about the Justice League animated movie War, which again we'll, we'll touch on again later in the show. Which, um, sorry, but... very, very quickly, I did, I did put on my legal download list and uh, I did legally watch it and bloody hell what a great recommendation you made we, last week they were, it was absolutely stunning another great booty recommendation um, but, we, but i've actually got some news more news on that that we can touch Sweet on well, um, yeah, in absolutely. a bit i just thought i'd interject with that because yeah, i really oh, don't know fantastic yep i know fantastic that, that people are you know uh, taking our um our recommendations and, and enjoying them um but yes so the rockers john stewart that was just one of a very few of the casting room uh news this week i believe that they've um they finally found their their lex luther and it's not the heisenberg everyone everyone was expecting no it was it, it, it's an eisenberg uh, as opposed to heisenberg um yeah jesse eisenberg uh, as most people will know from the social network uh, has been cast as a young lex luther for the new uh, batman versus superman movie which is uh with every twist and turn which has been as we've talked about before it's been poured over by the internet community and everyone will pick it apart and this that and the other but it, so far i think it's shaping up to be a very interesting movie hey did you did you hear what they're planning on doing with lex no no i, I, I read a couple of reports i've heard some sort of podcasts and stuff talking about him and and, and their opinions of it but you know no no what, what's the plan well the plan is to they want to reboot the character and present him as a tattooed skinhead. He's still a self-made billionaire, hmm. but because he's self-made, that's what breeds his hatred for people like Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne inherited his uh, money. Okay. Um, so he started off on the street and was a millionaire by the time he a billionaire by the time he was twenty-one. Much like myself. He's, street, he's a, a tattooed skinhead with a billion pounds, Dave. Absolutely. Yes. But, uh, if, if milk's this, check out I, my Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but plans could change, as, as, mm. they, as they always say. But um, of course. I, it's a new take, definitely. That's not 100% confirmed, but that is what they think the plan is um, because they want to make it more realistic. I mean, they're going to have problems with this anyway because are you going to have like a young Superman and a young Batman or, any, or, a, or a, an older Batman and a younger Superman? Well, or I was going to say, they've, they've already got an older Batman because they've got Ben Affleck playing... You know, Ben Affleck, as we've talked about before, is in his forties, and he's he's going to be playing an older Batman than Christian Bale was playing. Certainly, um, he's not in Frank Miller territory of being that old, and uh, he's certainly not in sort of Batman Beyond territory of, of of being in the wheelchair or anything else. But it, I don't know. It it, it seems I, I like the fact that Zack Snyder is looking at it and kind of pulling apart what people are expecting. I think that's 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 important for him to do. You know. As we said before, um, you know the, the Nolan verse, as it's referred to with the Batman movies, created its own little world. It wasn't canon with the books. It, you know there were things that happened in it. There were characters that they reinvented, like the Joker, which, as we've discussed before, <laughs> Booley's not a big fan of. But I, I like. Hey, sorry, <laughs> you, you're saying the Nolan verse wasn't in canon. Are you telling me Batman Forever is? No, that, that's what I'm saying. Is I think that the movies are removed from the the, the comic book canon, and the, the stuff that gets people riled up on the internet, and the keyboard warriors who type the bits and pieces they do and get really annoyed with it, are the ones that say, "Well, you know, I, you know, in the comic book universe, this, that, and the other." The comics can be a separate thing, as far as I'm concerned. These characters exist to be manipulated by storytellers, and the idea that Zack Snyder is going to take these characters and do something completely different. That that excites me. The, the thing you just said about Lex Luthor, that 
couldn't be better. Why not? Why not do that? You know, why not make Batman slightly older? Why not dress him like the seventies sort of Silver Age Batman? You know, that, everything I'm hearing so far has me excited about this film, and I, I've, I've defended Batfleck as we know many times. I would well, defend Jesse Eisenberg it, definitely because he's a hell of an actor. Well, the movie, the movie is ramping up because not only have they announced Lex Luthor, but they've also said that, um, announced that Jeremy Irons will be playing the role of Alfred. Completely, and who wouldn't want? Who doesn't remember Danny Champion of the World, one of his greatest movies? But no, <laughs> but no, genuinely, uh, yeah, and absolutely. Why? Oh, you know? just put. I just stared into the distance and I was like, Danny Champion of the World. Oh, that just was a little Roll Dahl moment. <laughs> Emery, yeah, on the milking of podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah, completely. But it, it, um, I've just started thinking of Danny Champion the World now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, loads of pheasants being strung up and stuff. Um, what we're saying, yes, uh, is that yeah, the, the idea of this whole new universe being created, these different characters coming in. You know, I, I remember what people were saying when they heard that Michael Caine was had been cast as Alfred. You know. You know it, of course it's going to be an actor with an English accent. It always seems to be that actor with the English accent that gets cast ever since the 66 TV series. Which brings me to a point in my little brain box firing off, at, firing off a synapsis from a, a few weeks ago. I still haven't mentioned, and I've had it written down every week, that the 1966 Batman TV series, the complete TV series, has been announced that it's going to be released on Blu-ray and DVD this year for the first time ever. Well well, Conan O'Brien announced it, and then Warner Brothers was like, "Oh shit! Oh, he, he announced it! Quickly, put it out on Twitter!" <laughs> Completely, but <laughs> how cool! <laughs> no, no, that's great. No, that is great. Um, you know, and are they remastering everything and making it look all spanking new? Then uh, I'm, I'm not sure they'll ever make it look spanking new. Uh, I think you can see the wallflower in high definition, <laughs> and of course, my favourite was it the Eggman, the Eggmaster, Egghead. Egghead, Egghead, <laughs> as played by Vincent Price. Yes, the the Vincent as I've Price. said a number of times, the only person they haven't managed to get the likeness rights to to include him in the Batman sixty six comics, uh, which they've been uh, releasing recently. But you know, it, it's it's all it, this year seems to be the year of Batman sixty six. There was a thing on the Facebook uh, that we were talking about. I think you you put it on there about the Miko. You talking about the Migos? Yes, oh, I fucking love them. They were beautiful. Really, really good. I'm definitely tempted for the Joker one. They are not dolls. They are action figures, David. I don't play with. I don't play with action figures either. Quick shit. Collectibles. 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 <laughs> if, they're, if they're on my shelf, they're collectibles, and that's. Why it's in I'm the box. Single. Leave it in the box. <laughs> oh no! Take it out of the box. Just enjoy it. Um, yeah. So that, that, that was. <laughs> we've gone on a, a, another milking it tangent there, but uh, yeah. Uh, very, uh, we were talking about Jeremy Iron. We were yes. talking about Jeremy um, Irons. We started off talking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson, I think. But uh, yeah, we've got. But um, just while we're still on the casting news bit, mm. they, they haven't cast the net, right. The, the the other bit of news for the Justice League slash Batman versus Superman movies, which the, the plan isn't clear yet, but it does look like they're going to be filmed back to back. Yeah, um, I, I think that was what people are saying is is why some of the filming had been pushed back. It was maybe that they're going to be doing double duty and. Well, what I've what I've heard, or I've heard down the grapevine, you know, as Huggy Bear would say, um, is that they've actually hired someone else who they haven't announced the cast yet. But um, it's the main villain for Batman vs Superman. Lex Luthor isn't going to be the main villain because he's mm. not physically impo- as imposing for Batman and Superman combined. So there is going to be a more physically imposing. 
bad guy for that movie, which may continue on into the next movie. As soon as I hear that, my brain goes Darkseed or, Ooh. you know, or, or, or Doomsday or maybe just a mad, like a big imposing. Yeah, uh, I mean, they've, they've, they've done a couple of uh, the animated, excuse me, the animated specials with Darkseid and it always seems to work very well. It's uh, it, It's a character that, in the comic books i always found a bit hard to take seriously uh but when you see it actually in the animated movies it's it's oh yeah i mean he's scary. got a shit haircut <laughs> he has and it's it's the lasers going at right angles thing which kind of kind of annoys me oh yeah that's but, weird mm, but yeah again a very that would be a very interesting character especially with the sort of special effects stuff that Zack snyder is known for and you know do well i'd I'd be very excited to see what's coming up in the next year or so. Obviously, they've delayed it by almost a year. Um, I think that's that can only be a good thing. Everything I'm hearing so far, very excited about. And personally, so far, the the casting is is spot on as far as I'm concerned. Well, I got one more bit of um, superhero movie casting news, and that is the news that broke uh, for years now. Um, Paul Bettany had played. Jarvis, the voice of Jarvis, the computer mm. uh, in the Iron Man movies. Gluten-free pancakes for you, sir. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the rumour going around had been that they were going to uh, upgrade Jarvis to become Vision, who is a member of the uh, of the Avengers in the Marvel Universe. Well, the, mm. I was going to say, the, I, I would have said yes then, but I, it's Marvel, go on. <laughs> yes, just say yes, Dave. Uh, he's kind of, I, as a kid, I used to get Vision and Marvel Manhunt and Martian Manhunter confused all the time, even though they were in different comic books and different companies. Right. But yes, Paul Bettany has signed on to play Vision, so um, Jarvis is getting that upgrade. Uh, I, he's signed on to do the voice of Vision, of the Vision, which makes me believe, makes me think the guy's going to be computer generated. Ah, which... uh, okay. So he's he's still doing a sort of voiceover job, but it's uh, for a different character. Is there is there any link between the two characters or? Um, only in the Marvel only only in the Marvel movie universe. Um, right. Jarvis was a human butler uh, who was the Avengers butler oh, okay. in the actual comic books. Jarvis is an old British guy, ironically, very much like uh, like Alfred. In fact, in a very famous, just going off a tangent here, very yeah. famous. Um, there was a very fa- sorry. There was a very famous situation where. Uh, one of the writers for the Avengers or one of the artists was very unhappy with the working conditions at Marvel. Hmm. So in the story, they had Jarvis write a resignation note to the Avengers. Um, and the panel was the Avengers reading the letter. Well, if you actually read the letter, like if you actually look closely, the letter was to- the artist talking about the conditions. Um, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Like, and it slipped in. Wow! Thank you. I'd like to. I'd like to credit Cracked.com for that little snippet of information. I, I glean a lot of information from that website. Um, really interesting website if you if you get the chance. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll definitely put a, a link to that on the the Facebook site, which we have to mention every time. Uh, is uh, Facebook.com forward slash milking it. Join us. Join us now. Uh, and thank you very much to uh, the. Almost, I think it's about eighty-five people have joined in uh, in the last ten days, which is 
quite insane. But good day uh, to you, Milksters. Gone. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoyed the output. And um, yeah, recommend it to you. Recommend it to your friend. What's the worst that can happen? Absolutely. If, uh, if you tell a friend, and they tell a friend, and they tell a friend, then eventually we'll conquer the world, which is obviously either that or you'll manage to get us kicked off air, which is which works either way. Absolutely. Yeah. Why not? Um, <laughs> sorry, just just the last bit of superhero screen news for yeah. today is the Preacher TV series. Okay. Has been greenlit by ABC. No, yeah, the Seth Rogen. HBO. Who made it, Dave? HBO or ABC? Uh, I can't remember for the life of me, I'm afraid. I don't have my uh, note in front of me. I will look that. Give me AMC, isn't it? Uh, guys it is them. AMC. It's the guys who do Comic Book Men. How the fuck did I forget that? Yes, it's, it's AMC. Ah, a new yeah. series of Comic Book Men started last night in mm, America, ladies and gentlemen. did with Dean Cain as a special guest star, which was... Fantastic. I shall yeah, be looking I... forward to finding that on... YouTube. <laughs> yes, so will I. I'm going on YouTube later to watch it. Um, but yes, the uh, the Preacher TV series. Get yes. ready to cry, internet, um, because it's being produced by Seth Rogen. Is that a bad thing? I don't think so. Listen, if you long-time listeners will know that um, <coughs> I think we had a chat about the movie This Is The End mm-hmm. a little while ago. Yes, yeah, I think we. I, I described I really it as did. a circle jerk. You described it as one of the funniest things you'd watched in a long time. <laughs> It is. No, 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 no. It, 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 it's both. It's, it's both, a yeah, circle yeah. joke that was one of the best things I've seen in a long time. I could probably um, send you a video of that. That you. No, no, Dave, no. Um, <laughs> but, um, but in all honesty, Seth Rogen, you know, Zach and Miri, he does have comedy lineage. Come on, Mr. Mr. Kevin Smith fan. Yes, no. He yes, no. He's he's yes, great no. in Zack and Mary, which is a very underrated film, but it's also on Netflix. If you're on US Netflix, it's well worth a watch. Um, just try and ignore the scene at the end with uh, Jason Mewes naked. Um, but and for me, I like his work as a voice actor more than I like his work as an actor. I think he's got one of those voices. Uh, he's in uh, Monsters vs Aliens. And is absolutely brilliant as this gelatinous blob. Uh, I don't know whether you've seen that film, but it's, I'd, I'd recommend. I believe, it. Dave, I believe you lent me a copy. Did I? Really? Uh, I, I think I think you lent it to me on DVD a very long time ago, and I think I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Did it have a little extra in 3D on it? It did. Yes, it had 3D glasses with it. Yes. Well, okay. Yeah. But there we go. Just there you go. Reminiscing yet again on the milk. What a day, it's a day of reminiscing right here. Milking podcast. Um, <laughs> That's a reference no, to so the, the fact so, that. So uh, back on, sorry. So, sorry. <laughs> go on. Back on track. Goldberg hmm. and Rogan are yep. producing this uh, Preacher TV series. I don't think it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna look shit in front of all my all my um all my uh, all my peeps here. But um, I I I read Preacher when it first came out years and years ago. I read a collection mm. of the like, the first book. And I really enjoyed it, but I, I've never read or touched another one since, and I think it's about high time that I uh, reread Preacher. So last week, uh, another bit of geek news. Uh, we were talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, movie, and there'd been the first uh, production shots of what the characters were looking like, and, and Boo was, quite frankly, uh, sharing his secret of the ooze, uh, which was oozing out of his geek. Anyway, so... Uh, we were talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film, and um, we were talking Crank because, as everyone I, I, knows, I made I made an assumption, Dave, and we both know that I made an ass <laughs> out of you and me when I made the assumption that that particular character would not be in the movie. Yeah, because uh, as we were saying, there was a, a few bits and pieces online this week that have revealed that actually some of the pictures that have been leaked reveal that Crank may well 
in fact be involved in it, which is quite exciting for me. I, I'm Indeed, very happy. Da- Indeed, David. It appears in some of the promotional photos. Well, basically, what I was sent was a picture, and someone had said that the people at the press agency were amazed that no one had picked up on it yet. So they were sending this picture out with the tagline, "Look closely at Shredder's like look closely, and you'll see something in like in the middle of the picture that that shouldn't belong." And there is an outline of a creature. I can say we're like presuming, David. Yes. Hope, hope we are presuming that that is the uh, the brain himself, Krang. Third Krang impression here on the Milky Podcast. Which I'm glad about. In the, in the same way that uh, Abu gets to do uh, his impressions every week, I, I like to be able to do a Krang impression every week. So, uh, what, what, what impressions do I do? Do you know what? I can't. I, I, I remember <laughs> in the last podcast you did an impression uh, to which I said, let's hope he is because he can do this impression every week. And it's completely slipped my mind now that we're recording as to what impression <laughs> that was. But I, I will think about it and I'll. It was it great, to wasn't it? Why don't you message us? We've got an email address now, Milk, so you can message we us have, the answer. Yes, we have an email address, which is, of course, milkingitpodcast at gmail.com. Ali, it was no. dusty. It was dusty roads. Fuck! It was dusty roads. We were talking about the Royal Rumble, and you did your dusty impression, and I said, "Let let's hope he is the guest referee at WrestleMania." So dusty road. So you can continue doing your dusty roads impression every week. Oh, weird! A man has worked at a job thirty years. Thirty years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt, and say, "Hey, a computer took your place, Daddy." That's hard time. Also in geek news this week, uh, there was uh, some very exciting Lego news, which is uh, something that we've covered. Last week, we uh, chit-chatted about the Simpsons Lego. This week, something even more exciting for myself, and I'm sure the Monster Judas will be very excited about this. When there's something strange in your neighbourhood, who are you going to call? Uh, Probably the Ghostbusters. No, the Lego Ghostbusters. Completely. So Lego Ghostbusters has been announced. So good. If you're not on our Facebook, get on our Facebook and see the pictures of this. It looks amazing. It's the fire station, which we've not seen any interior of yet, but I can guarantee it's going to be amazing. David, I hate to burst your bubble. Go on. They've pretty much said that they're not doing the firehouse. They're doing Ecto-1. And the boys. What? The firehouse that we saw on the mock-up, yes. as far as I'm aware, was the original fans, artists... I was going to say, um, it came from a fan, didn't it? This, this whole suggestion. It, and, yeah, it, the yeah. suggestion came from a fan, and you can vote to see if it gets made. Um, there's been fantastic examples of Shaun of the Dead Lego, Futurama <laughs> Lego, yeah. just... Um, Back to the Future Lego, which was another one that actually came to fruition, if I remember correctly. Yes, yeah. Um, But they've said the firehouse is actually part of another set, another existing set. Oh, really? Okay, sorry. My bad. No, 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 it's fine. But, I mean, come on, that is the main... The firehouse has got to be the main selling point, you can, especially if you can open up. You've got your floors, you've got your bedrooms at the top, you've got the containment units down the bottom. Yes, I mean, it's a no-brainer. Down there. Walter, this man has no dick. Um. <laughs> Is this true? Yes, this man has no dick. Yes, completely. <laughs> I, 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 that got me excited uh, in the same way that um, 
<laughs> this is going to make me sound really sad, but uh, it's the Milking It podcast. That's what it's here for. Uh, did you ever play the Ghostbusters uh, video game for Xbox 360 and PS3? Is that a real question? David? Well, yeah, yes. I bought it off you. <laughs> okay. Yes. Right, so, no, no, yes, no, Dave, sorry. No, no, no. Let's start properly because do you remember we were desperate to get down the Xbox and we thought uh, yes. multiplayer co op? Yes. And then Sony pulled an arse power move. Yes, completely. Luckily. Luckily, I already had a PS3, mm. and on the day of release of Ghostbusters, it was the Ghostbusters 30th anniversary. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that right? 85? No? Uh, no, 25? 25? 25th, yeah, it must have been 25th. Yeah, because the 30th anniversary this year, isn't it? Yes, of well, course. Happy year. birthday, Ghostbusters. Happy birthday, Ghostbusters. <laughs> 25th anniversary, yes. Um, I procured the anniversary Blu-ray, mm-hmm. the... Which First. was, incidentally, sorry to interrupt, was one of the no, worst no, no, Blu-rays you can get. The, the transfer of the Ghostbusters Blu-ray is so grainy, it's absolutely... Right. Oh. I, I, okay, let's... Let, let, right. I agree with you that the transfer was bad. Not the worst one I've ever seen. The worst transfer to Blu-ray I've ever mm. seen is Evil Dead. Evil Dead 2 or um, Army of Darkness. It probably, really? it was probably Army of Darkness. Just It was DVD quality. On, right. It just happened to be on a Blu-ray disc. Anyway, I digress. The mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Anniversary Edition, um, it was a bad transfer, but the screen-on-screen thing where, the talk, where it had the talking heads mm. was brilliant. Yes. It was really yeah. good. Very good. Um, and sorry, So I bought that, the, anim- uh, the first two seasons of the animated series, mm. and of course the game itself. The game, while completely different to what I was expecting, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Completely, and 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 the point I was, <laughs> I was kind of making in a roundabout way was that, that for me the best thing about the game was in between levels, wandering round the firehouse and there being sort of relics from various things in the movies and little hints at stuff and you could explore and you know and as you you, you went through it, the more and more things appeared and you could go down to the containment unit and this that and the other that for me if they did that in Lego. That would be just the Dave, greatest set. Going downstairs to the to the bottom, to the second floor of the fire station and mm. bothering Vigo was yes. one of the highlights. Yes. Vigo the Carpathian, yes, indeed. Mend me, Lord. Ah, oh, so good. <laughs> and as we've discussed before on the Milking Podcast, the same actor uh, played the Mad Hatter in the Batman series. So there we go, little uh, little. Uh, tie in there with the uh, Batman computer game. Scourge of Moldavia. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to watch that now tonight because that's uh, that's probably uh, piqued my interest in the... You know, go, that, that's that's giving you a little ghost boner. Um. <laughs> it, it's given me a, a, a slight slimer, yes. Um, so... If there's something weird in your neighbourhood. Oh, dear. Um, so, <laughs> so <laughs> we're talking about Lego here. Um, Lego. But yes, uh, yes, so so the firehouse doesn't exist as far as you're as far as you've uh, seen. Possibly, it or... possibly, yeah. oh, okay. I can't. Okay, no, no, that's very. I'd, I'd still get the Ecto One and the, the the Ghostbusters. That sounds that sounds really good. Oh, totally. I'm 100. percent And of course, as always in the Mil- uh, the Milkin' podcast, we love to speculate hmm. if there's a, if there's a Simpsons Lego game and a Simpsons Lego coming out. Oh, hopefully. Hello. Hopefully, oh, come on! Oh, Lego there are Ghostbusters three. Game. There are three films to work through. There are th- uh, sorry, there are two sorry films to work through, and the possibility of a third one on the horizon. Anything could happen. C- come on, TT Games, because that's what I'm going to refer to you from now on. Yeah, I'm it's safer to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Come on, TT Games. 
Once again, the Milk and It podcast are giving away ideas for games. Please pick it up and please pick us up right here on the Milk and It podcast. Take that New York that they've created for the Avengers, uh, sorry, the, the Lego Marvel, and put the Ghostbusters into that New York. Jesus, David has just suggested how to do it with ease. Come on, TP. It's the easiest thing ever. There's your New York. Just put the Ghostbusters in and have them going round busting ghosts. It's quite I simple. want to free roam right to the library from the ghost house in the Ecto-1. Oh. Oh. I want to go in. I want to bust that lady. One in the bag, ready to go. <laughs> we be fast, but <laughs> they, they be, be slow. slow. Hey kids, it's Dave. Uh, just a little interruption in the middle of the podcast to say that this is a different moment than we thought we were going to have and I've had to re-edit. Sometimes in the world, the crazy world of podcasting, especially in the Milking It podcast, we have to react. We have to have our finger not up our arse, but on the pulse. And Jay certainly does. We thought we were getting some comment about The Walking Dead, which you'll hear next week, but instead he's on it he is on it like a car bonnet because he's talking about flappy bird flappy bird more like crappy turd <laughs> and that's it for this week toodaloo except it's not because this ridiculously simple free app has been the talk of the internet town over the past few weeks and it's time we pulled down its pants and took a bloody good look at why Flappy Bird couldn't look any more unappealing or generic if it joined the cast of Hollyoaks. 90% of the graphical content resembles a Google Street View of the Mushroom Kingdom circa 1992, and the remaining 10% is taken up by Grand Theft Auto's typography and a main character sprite that's supposed to look like a bird, but actually looks like the face of a disgruntled blowfish roughly taped onto an underdeveloped grapefruit. The gameplay consists of you tapping the window of your mobile device, each knock reminding the dim-witted titular hero that he's a bird and can therefore flap his wings to remain airborne. You know, that they teach in birding cottage class 101. What a tweeting twat. So it's your job to swoop between the gaps of the not-at-all-from-Super-Mario-World green pipes using well-timed taps. There are no levels, and if you've managed to pass 25-odd pipes, you're doing very well, particularly if you've resisted the compulsion to take about your mobile device using the aggressive fist strikes usually bought around by horrible men, stellar artois, and a naggy er indoors. Yes, it's a git of a game, a hateful, unforgiving chimp that sits in front of you, hurling shit into your eyes and smiling about it. But yet it's compulsive. Ridiculously so. This unremarkable basic coding with its lazy art asset stripping and its constant advertising pop-ups has somehow managed to be an addictive treat, perhaps despite itself. So go and download it, yeah? It's at the top of the app charts on Android and Apple. Should be easy to find them, shouldn't it? No? Well, sheer. Ah, that's possibly because Hanoi-based coder, Nigen Dong, has taken the game off sale, despite it making him $50,000 a day from advertising revenue. Why on earth would he do that? Does this guy hate money? Does he not want to go swimming in a vault like Scrooge McDuck? Like, you know everyone? Well, no. A tweet posted on February the 9th revealed that Dong had grown tired of the attention and that people were overusing Flappy Bird. While the latter part of that sentence hints that he's on some sort of moral crusade to purge the world of the addictive monster that he's created, it's the first part that draws my eye. 
I mean, sure, it's very public-spirited of him to go all winners don't do digital drugs, and who's to say Mr Dong doesn't have a much more functional moral compass than mine, which would definitely point south if there was $50,000 a day in that direction. No, no, it's, it's the attention thing I want to focus on. As well as that huge pile of dollar, Mr Dong also received a few other things daily. Abuse, insults, and flipping death threats. Yes, death threats. Death threats from detractors of a free iPhone game. Hello there, Internet. What a wonderful thing you are. This guy, with limited means at his disposal and no ill will, makes something that's not particularly spectacular and quite inoffensive, and yet somehow it manages to catch on and become a success. And if you're going to ignore the adverts, you get it gratis. Meanwhile, at the mega-rich Electronic Arts, Dungeon Keeper happened and built paywalls around all the fun. Now, I'm not suggesting you should write death threats to Andrew Wilson, the chief CEO of Electronic Arts, either. But one of those things is the right way of doing things, by your average Joe, and the other one clearly isn't. I dread to think of the amount of money myself and Mr Lamont have sunk into The Simpsons Tapped Out, itself a game in the Dungeon Keeper mode. And I do feel guilty about the damage that I feel that I and other freemium games players have inflicted on the long-term games industry as a whole. EA makes nearly half its money now from people making in-game purchases on mobile devices. And this, remember, is a software house that puts out FIFA, Battlefield, John Madden and The Sims. This could be seen by the suits as the way to make games soon. And things like the recent Gran Turismo 6 controversy show that the home console may not be immune to this cancer on the games industry. Wow, well, that's downbeat, isn't it? Like watching the endings of Watership Down, Threads, Star Trek 2 and your mum in that multiple man gangbang porno on loop while your pet dog coughs its last at your feet. Lovely. And that really is it. <laughs> Bye. You wanna milk it and you know Talking of 80s nostalgia, uh, they've announced a uh, Back to the Future musical this uh, past week, which has been all over our Facebook site. Uh, it's also been all over the entertainment news. People are genuinely excited. It's coming to the West End uh, within the next couple of years. Th- there's been loads and loads of things uh, converted to musicals, but does, does Back to the Future work, do you reckon? Or... Dave, I, I, I must admit, I am a fan of musicals. I like my quirky musicals, though. I'm a big fan of Little Shop of Horrors. Mm. Of course, The Book of Mormon. Oh, of course, yes. We need to talk about it at length at some point. Yes, I'm sure we will. Um, but we can so talk I, about I mean, that and the, uh, what, the film that I watched on Netflix only two days ago with someone who'd never seen it, which was South Park, uh, Bigger, Longer and Uncut, which is... <laughs> Which Without I've only a... just realised is a circumcision joke. <laughs> there we go. Which is also the greatest movie that Disney never did. It's it, oh, right, we will talk about this. Maybe not not this week particularly, but n- the next couple of weeks we'll talk about the output from the South Park guys because there's lots coming up, especially with Stick of Truth coming just around the corner. Well, Dave, there's a lot to talk about because uh, House of Mormon 
and South Park even weren't the first musicals that uh, Matt and Trey were involved with. This. No, but, but yeah, that that is definitely <laughs> coming up in a future episode of the Milk Here Podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about Matt and Trey, um, Matt Stone Matt and Trey Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, absolutely, because those guys are, are legends, and uh, I think their story needs to be told right here on the Milking It podcast. Definitely. So, but thinking of Back to the Future, so there have been several musicals converted, you know, from the 80s. We've got a Dirty Dancing musical. There's, there's, you know, obviously you've got things that have gone from musical to film in terms of like Chicago and Mamma Mia and you know, Les Mis and things like that. But I just, I can't imagine Back to the, how, did, how does Back to the Future work? I mean, Dave, if they can make a, you know, they've made a Spider-Man musical. It was, uh, was it, um, I can't remember the name of it. Something, The Darkness, I, I don't know. Into the Darkness, I think it was called. <clears throat> Spider-Man. Like yeah. uh, they've tried Lord of the Rings musicals. My God, I mean, what haven't they made a musical out of? Um, the only a, thing that really, sorry, sorry, the only really interesting thing about hmm. this musical for me is the fact that Robert Zemeckis is co-writing and, and um, with Bob Gale, who's the original writer as well. Yeah. So, I mean, it is it is coming from a natural place. It is coming from the creators. It's not like someone's... It's not like the Rocky musical that opened recently. No, that was a, that was another bizarre one, to be fair. But, yeah, I mean, it's nothing new that they've tried to make musicals out of things like this. But uh, it just surprised me that, that Back to the Future would be the thing. I, I don't know whether it's because, obviously, there are musical numbers within it. That well, no, think about thing. it, Dave. You've got... You can have a little bit of rock and roll in the 80s, you know, then you know, Power of Love. Mm. You're going back to the 50s. Earth Angel, Earth Angel. This is, you know, you, you've, got, you've got stuff to work with. I, I presume that it will span the three films. So it'll be, you know, a, a sort of trip through those things and sort of they'll work a story that works in everything, including the Wild West and all that kind of stuff. But I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, they, they haven't really sort of said exactly what they're going to be doing, obviously. Well, but I mean, it's... they they intend to use music for the movie and they're mm. going to use new songs as well. Um, the composer is Alan uh, Silvestri, who mm-hmm. scored loads of Zemeckis films. He did uh, Forrest Gump and the old uh, Michael Douglas films, Romancing the Stone, if you remember those. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there is room to manoeuvre I, I just I don't know whether it's too late because it's to celebrate the 30th anniversary of Back to the Future I don't know whether it's um, something that's going to appeal to young musical fans I don't know whether it's who is the audience is it Back to the Future fans or is it musical fans is it people looking for a bit of nostalgia it's 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 aiming itself at a weird demographic I personally, I'm not going to rush out to see it, but I would be, I would definitely listen to some of the songs on YouTube, like just to check out what they're like. But um, as for paying for tickets, I don't know. The Book of Mormon seems to be the only musical in the last kind of 10 years that I would happily fork money out to see. One more bit of movie news this week in the Geek News, Dave, is, um, I don't know, I think you've played a couple of them, but the game series by Naughty Dog, Uncharted, uh, has been one of the most cinematic game experiences for the last five years. All, all three really great games. Are spe- I mean, three was spectacular. Mm. Uh, basically, if you, for those that don't know, the Uncharted games are kind of like a Tomb Raider. It's like Lara Croft with a dick. Um, it's, it's, it's a very much uh, similar game to Tomb Raider, except it's got beautiful graphics, real my you know pop in story just a really great game well they've been looking to make a movie of it for years 
um, and they finally think they found the director. And the director actually made one of my favourite documentaries of all time. Okay. The director's name is Seth Gordon. He directed Horrible Bosses uh, recently with Jennifer Aniston. Are you aware of that movie? Yes, yeah, very, very funny movie. Yeah, very Someone good. told me that was like one of her best roles ever, and yeah, it was actually a really good yeah, movie. Good. Uh, well, he also made King of Kong, which is a which is a documentary about um, competitive uh, retro arcade gamers, and wow. um, introduced the world to the biggest villain in film history, in my opinion, Billy fucking Mitchell. If you guys haven't seen King of Kong, I assure you that um, never before have you... Re- like, this film was, is, a, is a documentary, and they don't present to you a good guy or a bad guy. That's not the narrative. But in this case, it is, because you will gun for the good guy, and you will wish death upon Billy fucking Mitchell. Um, however, yes, Uncharted is being... The movie is being directed by Seth Gordon... Um, if his last few films are anything to go by, it's actually going to be a cracker. So, uh, it, oh, it's a cracker. That really just came out of my mouth, Dave. Wow, we're referencing uh, Frank Carson on the Milking It podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, no, Fra- no, uh, no, Frank Castle is the Punisher. Um, actually, while, while you're talking about uh, the movie news and casting and all that kind of stuff, one thing that I forgot to mention earlier when we were talking about casting news, uh, they've announced, uh, we spoke about the uh, the TV series Gordon, which is, oh, sorry, Gotham, not Gordon, what the fuck? Gotham. Uh, Gotham, which they're, they're currently casting for uh, and, and planning to record that, that first sort of year of uh, uh, Lieutenant Gordon's, um, sorry, Commissioner Gordon, may I say, uh, his first year in Gotham. And they have... Uh, finally announced that they've got their Gordon. They've indeed got their Gordon, Dave. Um, interesting one, because uh, as he's one of the first uh, guys I know of who has already played a character in the Batman universe. In fact, he played Batman himself in the animated film Year One, which is from the DC animated movie line, which we will talk about in a minute. Oh, okay. Yeah, very interesting. But uh, uh, yeah, Benjamin McKenzie, uh, uh, a really good choice as far as I can tell. Um, I've, I'm aware of him from Southland. I'm not particularly aware of it. I don't know who's in the OC and a, a couple of other things. But you know, he genuinely looks like uh, he's he's going to be the man. So he is going to be our Commissioner Gordon in, in what is my most anticipated TV series for a long, long time. So yeah, casting news from uh, from Gotham this week. So this week uh, we we had some Disney news as part of the geek news, uh, which was particularly interesting. Um, there's there's been a brand new announcement as to what the guys behind the Muppets are doing. Um, Booley, two of your favourite characters, I believe. Uh, yes, Dave. Uh, when I was younger, uh, one of my favourite games on the NES was Chipendale Rescue Rangers on the NES. You can see a Parmesan. <laughs> if you get that reference, please email us. It's <laughs> podcast at gmail.com. But yes, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, sorry, Chippendale. They've not said the Rescue Rangers. It's not going to be that that offshoot. But there is um, the Muppets production team have announced that they're going to do a Chippendale movie. I believe it's going to be in the similar vein to the Chipmunks movies. If you can believe it, it's going to be live action with the animated uh, creatures. Oh wow! Chippendale are. Um, just, just something that will blow your mind just a little bit. I don't know whether you noticed, but in the Chippendale Rescue Rangers, did you notice that one of them is dressed as Indiana Jones and the other one is dressed as Magnum P.I.? Oh, do you know what? I did, I'm going to have to go back and argue. Let me write that down. Doesn't that Milksters who, who know what I'm talking about. Didn't I just blow your little tiny crazy minds? Um, but yes, the, 
But yes, the Chippendale movie, um, I would only recommend it based on the fact that David here loves the Muppet movies. And I, I, just on a side note, talking to Muppets, Dave, I don't know whether you saw Jimmy Fallon's exit from The Tonight Show. I did, yes, yeah. Uh, from, I, late night, yeah. Uh, from Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, I, I, did, I also watched the, the final Jay Leno, which was absolutely wonderful. And Jimmy, I haven't, Billy Crystal uh, was so funny. So, so funny. And some of the lines that he... Uh, he recalled that have been used over the years were just wonderful and i would urge any milksters go onto youtube or go onto any legal download site and uh, and try and uh, try and watch that show because it was ah oh, it was other than garth so, brooks i'm not a just on a random side note can i also just say congratulations to seth myers for taking over from jimmy fallon he's been on the he's been on saturday night live for 13 years on the news desk he's just fantastic he's a really yeah. funny guy and more power to him uh, you know, and recently I felt a real affinity for the American comedy scene, and just some of those guys are, are just fantastic. Bill, I, I probably say this most milk in it, but I just I love Bill Hader so much, and those American com- comedians are fantastic. Hopefully, we'll see them all uh, in the Chippendale movie <laughs> being produced by the Marcus production team. I mean, yes, Dave, like I know you're, you're like you said, you're I did, raring yes, I did to go. So you're raring to go about the second Muppet movie, aren't you? The second Muppet movie, the first one I absolutely adored. I thought it was so good, so wonderful. The music in it was absolutely great, and it was just a reinvention of a franchise which I've loved since I was very tiny. The second one looks like they've kind of gone, right, okay, we're established now, we can do this, plus we'll get Ricky Gervais involved. Um, I am a huge, huge supporter of Ricky Gervais. I would not be doing podcasts if it wasn't for podcast. I don't think anyone would be doing podcasts if it wasn't. I'm not. For Ricky I, no, no. Look, I'm not a fan of Ricky Gervais, but I begrudgingly respect his genius and some of the stuff. I mean, when when you admit that you don't really like a guy and yet you still post his quotes on Facebook all the time, which I fucking do. Uh, I don't know whether you saw the one on um, equal gay rights marriage in Australia. He said, you know, it's not like they're asking for anything extra. They just want what everyone else has if they were asking for extra stuff i don't know like uh, exemption from taxes then that would just be like the church completely um he's a very provocative individual he's a very uh, challenging individual on twitter if you follow him uh he comes up with some interesting arguments and, and I, I know there's there's some people who think it's quite cool to do that there's some people who are very against it but um i'm i'm all for it he he is a massive supporter of animal rights which i am as well but no, and, and he's involved in the the brand new uh, Muppets. There was a, a a big trailer that went up during the Super Bowl and everything else. It just looks yet again. It looks so funny and there's so many in jokes. It's so cleverly written, so cleverly produced that I, I genuinely can't wait to watch it. I'm, I'm a big big fan. And if if the same guys who are involved in doing the Muppets movies are doing the Chippendale one, then that'd be very interesting. I think it'd be good. And it, it can't be any worse than the Alvin and the Chipmunk movies because they were god-awful uh, they were absolute dog shit dave um... <laughs> <laughs> and this is that, that sort of review has got boo his own show coming up soon <laughs> in the milking hit multiverse <laughs> <laughs> that film was dog shit right here milking it podcast it'll be a, um, it's gonna be a, like a four minute podcast where <laughs> boo just gives his opinion on rubbish films 
but uh, yeah so no I, I'm that's sorry. to come ladies and gentlemen it certainly is and there'll be more information coming up uh, we, we post a couple of spoilers not spoilers but a couple of teasers shall we say for uh, that particular thing looking uh, at productions has expanded and uh, we'll be producing a couple of new shows some with david some without david some with yep. boo some without boo but always the same as the quality you've come to expect from the milking it team absolutely and and if there's anything that you want to hear on the milking it multiverse then please just give us an email uh, if there's a, a show you guys want to do because at the end of the day we're just a couple of schmucks sitting here chatting about rubbish and you know if you want to do the same and you, you fancy getting on board with us and, and, and joining the milking it multiverse then yeah give us an email it's milking it podcast at gmail.com there's, there's lots of space come on hop in the bed Another thing that caught my eye this week, and I'm sure caught the eye of many a geek, was uh, an iOS game. Yes, I know this is normally Jay's forte, but uh, we're going to discuss one. Um, it, it was number one for a number of weeks. It, it has caused many people to put things on the Facebook feed to annoy me about how difficult it was or how easy it was or how many points they've scored and everything else. I, I haven't played it personally. I know my podcast compadre has. Um but the creator has decided that it's so popular, he's taken it down. He's taken it off the iOS network. He's taken it off the App Store. So, Booley. Uh, um, yes, David. I uh, creator Dong Nguyen mm. um, has said, I can call Flappy Bird a success of mine, but it's also ruined my simple life. So now I hate it. And as of now, it has officially been taken off the Android and I, uh, iOS stores. Yeah, so, um, it it's, it's, um, oh, I can't remember where he's from, but I know it's, um, he's, he's from Vietnam and, um, it, it's it, Vietnamese it, yeah. because in Vietnam, I'm, I'm to understand that if, if it's, if you have any modicum of success or any, or it seems like you've got any money, people come and beg to you like cap in hand constantly, your family will bug you constantly, you're expected to pay for everything. And mm -hmm. this guy obviously just wanted a simple life, he just wanted to make his little game, which shouldn't have been allowed to be brought out anyway because of copyright laws. Yeah. He's using sprites from the Mario Brothers games. Um, over 50 million downloads so far, over $50,000 a day in ad revenue. The guy just wants everyone to fuck off and leave him alone. And I respect that. The game is shit, no offence, Dong. Um, it's a very simple one-touch game. Okay. Just these things just grab the imagination. Um, I played it four times and then deleted it because I thought I'm not going to get sucked into that because it is the kind of game you could just keep going on and on and on. It is an Angry Bird. It is a um, you know it is one of these puzzle games that you can just. It's that one more go syndrome. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, I'll yeah. have one more go and then I'll stop playing. Oh no, not that wasn't the go. I'll have one more go. No, 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 one more go. And I mean. All power to the guy that he's, made, you know, he's become a success and he's making that money, but he just doesn't want it. That's, he's obviously making games for his own entertainment, and more power to him for that. And um, you know, turning down that much money a day as well. I mean, I, I respect, I respect the hell out of the guy for sticking to his guns. He's, um, David, uh, am I to understand you haven't had a go yet, but you've heard enough about it to know you don't want to play it. Yeah, it, it, it's not really my kind of thing. I, I remember playing like Little Wings and things like that on the iOS, but uh, yeah, it, it just uh, literally passed me by. The, the the past couple of weeks haven't exactly been sort of gaming weeks for me, but uh, yeah, and, and now it's been removed from the from the iOS uh, the App Store. So 
like you say, he he thought it was a big success, and now says it, it, it's ruined it and everything else. And I respect him for that. And uh, he he did deny that it was anything to do with sort of legal ramifications of stuff that he put into the game. Nintendo aren't interested in pushing um, the, the the law onto him. It's literally it's it's a personal thing to take the game down. At first, when I first heard, "Oh, I'm going to take the game down," that was when I downloaded. That's when everyone I know who are slow to jump on bandwagons, got the game. And I actually said to a friend of mine, I went, if the guy turns around and says, actually, I'm not going to take it off. If he did it just to elicit more downloads, the guy's a fucking genius because he worked. As soon as he said, I'm going to I'm going to take it off myself, I went, well, I better download it so I've got it on my download list just in case I do like it. Yeah, and, and, and even today, there's uh, I think IGN were reporting that there's... Um... Uh, iPhone for sale on eBay that includes Flappy Birds that they've added an extra sort of hundred dollars to the <laughs> to the yes. price of the iPhone. So people are trying to uh, trying to definitely milk it for all it's worth. It, it it's a free it was a free game, I'm right? So it, yes, it was. Yeah, yes, oh, fair dues. It's literally the ad revenue that they uh, were making the money on. But yeah, but but fifty thousand dollars a day isn't isn't a bad uh, ad revenue to be fair. But uh, all power to him if he's if he's made that decision because he wants to do it. Then, then that's not a problem at all. Uh, just interesting little bit of geek news for me uh, was that someone would would take down a game that was doing so well. One thing I uh, read this week, Dave, which was of great interest to me. Long time listeners of the Milk It podcast will know that. Um, Dave is a DC person, and I was—I am what you consider a Marvel person. <laughs> However, I have always maintained that the DC animated universe is owning Marvel. Yes, ah, excuse yeah, me. definitely. To be fair, yeah, a hundred percent. Well, in an interview this week with uh, James Tucker, who is the producer of the DC animated universe, mm-hmm. um, they were talking about the release of the Justice League movie War, which we talked about um, previously, and we'll have a little chit chat about in a minute they've announced the next dc movie in the continuity of the new 52 starting with war well actually starting with flashpoint paradox Mm -hmm. uh will be son of batman so i believe is that damian wayne it is damian wayne yes yeah yeah. the the yeah i was gonna give a spoiler then but yeah (laughs) yes it is it's damian wayne the the son of batman and um uh talia ghoul yes well this this Son of Batman movie, it's the same Batman that we've just seen in Justice League War. Uh, and he was, was he in, yes, he was in Flashpoint Paradox, yes, he was. was he yeah, not? Yeah, yeah. Oh, bloody, of course he was. It was the mate, it was, um, Although, it was, uh, voiced, to- oh, it was Thomas, wasn't it? Voiced by different actors in both films. But yes, go on. Yes. Um, we so we, yeah, we discussed Batman. how it brought a tear to my eyes uh, when he uh, yes. got the message from beautiful. The Flash. It was a, a beautiful moment. Hmm. Well, They've announced that uh, continuing this uh, continuity idea, they're going to make three uh, DC animated movies a year, two in the continuity of this new 52 um, series, and then the standalone. This year's standalone, as we mentioned, weeks and weeks and weeks ago, was Assault on Arkham. Yes, Um, sounds interesting, that one. Which is based, it's the first uh, animated movie based in the Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, Origins universe. Yep. So very much so, like the Batman and Justice League, sorry, the Superman and Batman and Justice League movies are going to intertwine. They want to make the DC uh, move, uh, animated movies follow suit. And he also released a tidbit about the standalone movies. They because they are going to stick, they're doing two in the continuity. They have been given free reign to do whatever they want 
with the standalone movie, and two of the names he threw up in the air got me very excited. The first one was Gotham by Gaslight. Oh, amazing. If people don't know, yeah, it's a flashback. Um, it's all done kind of Jack the Ripper style, very uh, very foggy London nights. and It's an, it's an Elsewhere novel, isn't it? Yes, yeah. Um, if, if anyone played Arkham Origins and got some of the sort of downloadable content for it, there was a, a Gotham by Gaslight. Uh, character skin for Batman, and you'll see kind of like a steampunk, steampunk look. style. Yeah, absolutely. But the, the graphic novel is a wonderful standalone novel. It is ah, absolutely brilliant. I would urge any youngsters um, to go out and watch that. And uh, following on from that, another else, another classic elsewhere story, which is Red Sun. Mm. Uh, what if Superman's alien pod had crash landed in Mother Russia Mother instead Russia, of yes. If anyone has played Injustice, the video game. Uh, which I know Booley has quite recently on, I, on recommendation. I, I on David's recommendation here at the Mukula podcast, um, the comedy teamings uh, style of Davis and Lamont love to recommend stuff to each other. And nine and a half times out of 10, we're always spot on. Yeah. Dave recommended I grab a copy of Injustice and he was not wrong. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Played through the story mode, then went into the solo um missions you know like mortal Kombat, where you have to fight one person and the next person up a, a trail and did everyone's finishes i just thought it was spectacular um really good. Uh, mr j being a particular favorite character of mine I, I got the ultimate edition so playing as the joker in his tourist outfit which is what he oh, paralyzed barbara gordon in yes. and then and um i don't know whether it was a, hit, a bit of irony but um, i was fighting nightwing and i just finished him with a nine hit combo with the uh, with, with the, the crowbar ah oh, perfect death in the family moment ah oh. it was it was oh that game sorry yes brilliant mm. that, that day's recommendation of, of of the month was injustice and my god it made my it was fucking brilliant yes uh, absolutely but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, going back to what we're talking to look, about but yeah plenty to look forward to uh for mm. the dc animated universe uh, they also do the little shorts as well and i mean just some of the D, uh, under the dc showcase yeah uh, and the jonah hex one was really good in particular you've got catwoman that was available with batman year one so i mean just DC Animated Universe, once again here on the Milk and Nick podcast, you get a big thumbs up from Boulamon, so um, cracking stuff. I, I, I like the fact just expanding on what you said, um, I like the fact that they're not afraid to try different styles of animation as well uh, it's like, oh, yes. you know you, you um, have some really good sort of uh, anime style, you have some traditional sort of American style I, I was going to say, what was the animated one that was set between the, the Dark Knight, uh, Gotham Knight, or something like that, it was called. Um, it was something like that, but they had one segment in Japanimation. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, another segment in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, yes, fantastic. And they are, they aren't. They do try new stuff. They do try new styles. Um, talking some of, of the. Um, sorry, t- talking of different styles of animation and filming and everything else. There was a, a link that you put up this week on uh, the Facebook page, as we mentioned forward slash milking it podcast uh sorry forward slash milking it not milking it podcast that's our email address uh it's milking it podcast at gmail which Um, was a a robocop remake which has been done in sort of several it it was like 60 different animators and uh, um, film the movie the movie is uh is available now it's free it's available on vimo uh if you google our robocop remake um it's basically yeah, 55, 60 odd um, directors and production teams each had one scene to do in the movie. Uh, one of the most graphic <laughs> and funniest scenes I've ever seen in a film. Let's just say that um, involving lots of cocks and a gun. 
But um, fair enough. <laughs> yes, um, it, it, before... it's definitely not safe for work. It's one you need to watch when you're at home. But it is very oh, it's... funny. It's very funny, and um, if you're planning on seeing the new RoboCop movie anytime soon, check out our RoboCop remake beforehand and have a have a little laugh before you go in there. There is a little nod to the fact that there is a reboot. Uh, there is a, a, a cameo by uh, by the new RoboCop, but I will leave that for you guys to find. But that's our RoboCop remake, and that's available uh, from Vimo or Google it, or even easier, click on the on the Facebook fan site uh, on Facebook. That's facebook.com forward slash milkinit. And just click the link. I've, I've done it for you. Go on. Go. Obviously, it's been a, a little bit of time since we uh, last did an episode. But one thing I have to mention is uh, my sort of top three moments from the Super Bowl. Um, I'm not a oh. sports fan at all. Um, I, I don't follow sports. I don't understand sport. I don't really get it because I am a geek. Uh, for me, sport has to have sort of dry ice fireworks and men in little pants. But that's a different story. We'll, we'll tell that another day. Um, but between the Super Bowl, during the halftime, they are... Um, notorious and in, indeed we, we welcome them now as, as a geek culture because they put on the biggest adverts of the year it's the biggest tv audience that the u.s gets i think it was about 11 million people watched the super bowl this year um so what i want to do is present my top three moments from the super bowl um i will i, I don't know whether people will agree or or not agree or do, but we'll see but the the first one for me has to be the uh, the eighties Radio Shack advert. Oh, Dave! <laughs> as soon as I saw Hogan standing next to the, um, uh, the guy from Chips, and then Norm from Cheers standing by, not Norm, what the, the postman? Sorry, I, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, John John Ratzenberger. Anyway, yeah. I was just like, this is brilliant. Like this is brilliant, yeah. and it was just so eighties tactic. It was, what, the Schneider, California raisins were in there. The California raisins. D Schneider from Twisted Sister. It was just. It just oozed 80s. And I mean, yeah. I don't know how much that advert cost to get together, but it was worth every damn penny, um, oh, in my opinion. Know, absolutely. The, the, the fact that it ended with Alf driving away in a DeLorean. That's, <laughs> that's not quite how it ended, is it, Dave? Because after that, after the jump, Slimer comes in and they're like, I'm afraid you're too late. It was absolutely brilliant. If you haven't had a chance to check it out on YouTube, I mean, obviously Radio Shack doesn't mean a lot to us over here. I, know, I think uh, we used. To, I think in the UK we used to have Radio Shack many moons ago, but it's an it's a company that's um, long been taken away from us. Yeah, we by did, others. but then they, they they took over Tandy, I believe. If you remember Tandy? Oh God! Didn't company. they take over Radio Rentals? I, I don't think they had anything to do with Radio Rentals, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, I know they were part of that uh, uh, that franchise. Um, Transformers has to be number two in my list of the top David, I don't mind saying that when I saw Optimus Prime riding the Dinobot, um, there was a little transformation inside my pants. Um, uh... I went from Boulamon to the Transformer Stoner. Oh dear. I'm not, I'm not even sure what to say there. <laughs> but yes, looks fantastic. Amazing. I'm not ashamed to say it. It's looks like the Transformers movie that will finally change my decision of Michael Bay. Huge fan of the animated movie in the 80s. I didn't think anything would top it. Big fan of the Dinobots, one of my favourite aspects of Transformers. I'm a big fan of... Uh, this is a Transformer thing now, Dave. As a huge fan of G1, and only G1, I was a bit disappointed with the re with how some of the um, recent Transformers have looked in the Michael Bay movies. Give me Grimlock, and I will give you the world, Michael Bay. And you have done, as I've requested... 
I cannot wait. The trailer looked great. The trailer had a very Pacific edgy kind of uh, feel to it as well. Kind of that big grandiose robot movie. And I'm, I for one, am rigid with excitement, sir. And I cannot wait. Good old Marky Mark. It's good to see you back, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I genuinely enjoyed watching it. I thought it was it, the trailer looked good and Shia LaBeouf. If anyone's followed him on Twitter, they know what a oh, bizarre um, creature he's become. And we just, just on a side note, did he really turn up for the premiere of uh, one of his new movies with a paper bag over his head with the words "Not I'm not famous anymore" written? Do you know what I? I thought that was photoshopped. I saw that this morning, literally, and um, it, it just. Oh, it, it I don't know whether it's real. Oh, well, now I'm confused because it might have been pleasure, but I've seen that going around the net today. And you know how you know you have to believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, of course. Yes, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> um, d- d- number three or number one, whichever. Th- these are in no particular order, but uh, I'd say the number three thing that came out of uh, the uh, the Super Bowl spots was, uh, was Spider-Man. Yes, Dave. Uh, sorry, the amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm. Ah, I am finding it very, very hard. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm going to... Sorry about this, Dave. No. I'm finding it, I'm finding it really hard to get excited about this movie. I'm not I'm not I don't know whether the Tobey Maguire movies killed my excitement for a Spider-Man movie, and I'm still very much a webhead. I love Spider-Man still. He's a fantastic character. Um, the best movie game ever made was Spider-Man Two on the Xbox and the PS2 and the GameCube. But um, for some reason, I just find myself finding it really hard to get excited for this movie. One. I don't think the Rhino's been done properly. I think they do. They are trying to make it like gritty and realistic. Mm. Um, and Electro kind of, oh, he looks like half a Smurf plus an avatar. I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm, you might, are you going to have contrasting, uh, you know, no, uh, opinions no, on this? Not at all. I think it's interesting that like a, a few episodes ago we were talking about it and you seem quite excited about the idea of the Rhino character because they were doing it like a sort of Transformers style, right? It's, it's a big suit. Um, I don't know whether it's a step too far away from because uh, take the Batman Nolan movies for instance the Scarecrow like that is perfect way to represent the Scarecrow on screen for yes. a realistic yeah. audience isn't it yeah. whereas in the cartoon you've got that scythe wielding madman uh, you know in, 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 in I, I just think we'll see how it happens I mean for me the Rhino has always been a, a classic Spider-Man villain and it's just a big guy in a suit with a horn. Um, so let's see what happens. I, but as I said, I am finding it as 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 we get more information, I'm finding it harder and harder to get excited about this film, and I don't know why. Really? So the opposite of what we were saying earlier about the Batman film, uh, Batman versus Superman. I don't know. I I I wasn't particularly interested in watching it. I haven't seen the first uh, reboot Spider-Man, but this one seems interesting. I'm I'm a big villains guy. I like I like the bad guys in films. So it's. It's interesting to me that they have put so many villains in. There's so many hints at villains. There's a hint at the Sinister Six in the trailer. There's a, a, a hint at you know the fact that you you've got obviously Electro, who I thought genuinely looked good. I thought that they made a good kind of um, a, a good origin story for him, and you know the the anger thing at him not being real, you know Spider Man not realizing who he was, and all that kind of stuff. I, I thought it was genuinely quite a, a, a good way of doing stuff. And you know, I thought, you know, I'm not a massive fan of Jamie Fox, but I, I thought it, this could be a good role for him. It, it, he, <clears throat> sorry, Jamie Jamie Fox is a very decent actor, but in these, oh, I'm going to sound really controversial now. In these movies, acting isn't the most important thing with the villains it's yeah. as jim carrey as the riddler for me was a really good 
on-screen villain. He had the madness, but I wouldn't say it was a good performance. I wouldn't say it was a well-acted performance. I would say it was Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, but it really made it the role. Hmm. Jamie Foxx is, for me, a very serious actor. I mean, um, he was in the Ray Charles movie, and um, yeah. you know, he's a decent actor, but he's playing Electro, who in the comic books is um, a cocky white. He's uh, he's the if I see if I remember this correctly, he's the son of a very wealthy guy. The Electro suit. I may be confusing with Scorpion, but um, I, I don't know what kind of Electro they are portraying with Jamie Foxx. Again, it's Maybe I'm being unfair. Obviously, I'm going to watch it. I will. I didn't think too much of the last one, but I think they're really packing in the villains for this one. So um, we'll see what happens. I think it's a, it's a wait and see. Just quickly before we got the the role of the uh, the subject of the Super Bowl, even mm. did you happen to um, to catch the uh, the trailer for Noah? <laughs> not only did i catch yes not only did i catch it but i i sent it to several people with a very very sarcastic message in the days of the bible what's the fighting um, it was a south park style parody of a thank film. you that's the first thing i thought of i was like i'm sure that this was in an episode of south park it, you could take the audio from that trailer Get them to animate over it. It would be Passion the of the Christ too. Yeah, it would be the perfect <laughs> Passion concept. harder. We have to save them. What's happening? It's all in getting a, very in a world wet. drowned by <laughs> in oh. a world drowned by God. We're gonna get drowned by God. Um, it no, was he looked nuts. Pretty he looked nuts. Fucking awful. Yes. I am Noah. <laughs> I, I am Noah. It was yeah. It was it was Gladiator playing Noah, and uh, yeah. that was about as good as it got. To be fair, it was. Oh, honestly, if you haven't had a chance, we'll we'll put it up on the Facebook page. It is one of the worst trailers, and I cannot imagine this film getting any good reviews from anywhere. But no, there was lots of good stuff. There was loads of different adverts. I know uh, Arnie appeared in some, and it, like we said, the, the best thing for me was the Radio Shack '80s. Seeing Hulk Hogan, Sergeant Slaughter, and like all those characters, California Raisins, etc. That was absolutely brilliant. But that was the Super Bowl for me. Um, like I say, not a sports fan, so I didn't really care who won or who lost. It was it was more about the sort of the trailers and the, the geek culture that came out of the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> I ain't got time to bleed, said Blaine, played by Jesse, the body Ventura. God, I bet he's got an interesting backstory. Well, anyway, here's Dutch, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger in this week's backstory bollocks from Jay Hodgkin. Yes, it's Dutch from the movie Predator. It was Danny Glover, of course, who uttered the infamous, I'm too old for this. In fact, he uttered it five times, once in each of the Lethal Weapon films, and once just last week when he attended a One Direction gig with his hair in pigtails. The first time that immortal line passed his lips was in 1987. And by now he's not just too old for this, but he's too old for that as well. And too old for this thing over here. And definitely too old for that. Oh, and just a bit too old for absolutely everything. In fact, I'm a bit worried by the time this airs, his heart may have already decided it's too old for this and it's going to look a bit crass. Heaven forbid that. It's not like I made out that the reanimated corpse of Jay Goody was the heroic pilot in our type last week or anything, is it? <laughs> oh. So yes then, Danny Glover, or rather his character in Predator 2. You remember that movie, the one that had the alien skull in it at the end and got us all excited about the prospect of an alien versus Predator film. 
And then 14 years passed, and it came out, and it was as pleasurable as pouring molten steel in your ass. Yeah, that one, yeah. Remember the character in Predator 2? Lieutenant Harrigan, to be precise. Well, we're actually going to be talking about his predecessor in Predator Poning, because Predator 1 rules, and Predator 2 rules. Yeah, 80s American schoolyard insults directed at sci-fi movies. Radical, uh, coward, bunger. Alan Dutch Schaefer, the lone survivor of the extraterrestrial encounter in the Central American jungle of the 80s, was a prime candidate to suffer post-traumatic stress. I mean, sure, seeing your comrades in arms die in the battlefield is normally terrible. But just imagine when the co-commentator for the early 90s WWF, Apollo Creed, and Mr. Quick from Action Jackson. That's just far worse. These people aren't Joe Schlub. They're famous-ish, and so therefore more worthwhile human beings than the rest of us. Imagine meeting all these moderately famous people, then seeing them picked off by a guy who was going to be Jean-Claude Van Damme, and then wasn't because he smells of nice chocolate, or weird museums, or something else build him, or maybe it was because he was too short, I don't know. Do you think I put any research into this? Fuck's sake. Actually, it would be like being in I'm a Celebrity, but more exciting, because instead of eating the liquid oozing uncooked genitals of a yak... The director of Iron Man 3, Shane Black, gets flayed in front of you. If the British Army are that serious about recruiting, they need to follow this American model and fill the ranks with C-list celebrities. Then in the adverts, you could show just how exciting a career in the army is by having Joe Wiley's spine removed by an invisible aggressor, while Ant and Deck mug to the cameras. Why can't real warfare be like this instead of soldiers wearing Santa hats on BBC News on Christmas morning and old foreign women caterwauling in the street over their fallen son? It's played out and boring. (sighs) No respect for us. No respect for us at all. But if they had a television deal, everyone would watch it, wouldn't they? Then all those Facebook posts about soldiers not getting paid as much as footballers would disappear because soldiers getting sponsorship deals and pay-per-view money would eradicate this unfair pay divide. There we go, that's war fixed for you. Brilliant, after all these centuries, it just took a genius like me to figure it out. Mix normal soldiers with the likes of Christopher Biggins and Madge off Neighbours, and have them fight with near-invincible aliens rather than boring old people, whilst wearing the liveries for companies such as Ginkster's Pies and Claire's Accessories. Done. Super. Now, next, well, problem I can fix. Pass it over to me. I'll sort it. Don't you worry. Uh, what was I talking about, anyway? Oh, oh yeah, uh, Dutch Schaefer. Well, the sharp-eyed nerds amongst you may have noticed that despite not appearing in any other Predator films, he did in fact feature in another piece of media related to the Predator franchise. In 1994, he appeared in the arcade version of Aliens vs. Predator. In that game, he fought alongside two Predators and a generic big-titted ninja schoolgirl against a veritable hive of xenomorphs. Unlike Ellen Ripley, who showed genuine fear and had to rely on cunning in her many encounters with the aliens, old Dutch cut to the chase, was full of swagger and all that, and just punched the acidic shit out of those rape metaphor motherfuckers. The dude even power slams them like he's Batista, but in better fitting trousers. Somewhere in between Predator and the Predator vs. Alien arcade game, though, it seems that poor old Dutch lost an arm. In the game, this missing limb was replaced by a giant cybernetic arm, because he's a tough bastard and therefore gets the best shit. If you lost an arm, you get nothing except horrendous uncaring puns at your expense, and your girlfriend would leave you eventually, because all people are shit. How did he lose this arm? 
Oh, you know, he just punched a giant evil whale made out of hell lava in the chest and pulled out its still beating mercury heart. Nothing major. He didn't even flinch. You'd be crying and going on and on about it to your mates for years. You are disgusting. What else do you need to know? He likes Marmite dipping soldiers with his boiled egg. How's about that then? Hmm? His favourite Star Wars character is Chief Chirper because he loves the Ewoks. Got a problem with that? His favourite thing in the world is typing the number 55378008 into a calculator, running up to women, showing them, then turning the calculator upside down, showing them again, before running away giggling like a girl. Ha ha ha! This is very good. This is very funny. If you look at the calculator, it says boobless. Ha ha! If you do not find funny, you like curly men. You like curly men. Get away from me. I am finding this very funny now. And that's all I know, I'm afraid. He's a very private person these days. The only time he leaves the house is to kick some ass or to pop out to Tesco for fizzy laces, which he absolutely adores. What a bum ending. Sorry. Maybe I'm too old for this, eh, Danny? I'm jonesing for Dr Pepper, and therefore I'm finishing this historical lesson so I can have a can of the Sega Saturn of Colas. Well, that's it. Bye-bye. Catch you next time. Clean behind your ears. So that was episode 16. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, we've, we've done another week. We'll be here next week, of course. But in the meantime, get in contact with us. You can go on Facebook, like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com forward slash milking it. You can contact us via email, should you wish to have a chit chat. It's gmail.com forward slash milking it podcast. Thank you to Jay, obviously, for the stuff that he's done for us. Thank you to Dino for his fabulous artwork. And thank you, as always, to John Sands for those wonderful tunes that you hear that tickle your ear. And this was this week's Milking It podcast. And as always, we'll hope you join us next week right here where the elite meet to geek at the Milking It podcast. You want to milk it and you know. You got to milk it and you know. By the 10 minute mark, they were sucking wind so bad, the first three rows passed out of oxygen deprivation. Would have been funny if it wasn't so sad.